Having agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. Tune in to get an inside look at the inspiring uphill climb of businesswomen from around the world. I'm your host, Cheryl Gillihan, and this is Woman-Owned Agency. Today, I've got Melanie Davidson with me today. So Melanie and I have kind of been in the same circles for a very long time. Um, We haven't officially met in person yet, um, but I'm so excited to have you here with me today, Melanie, to tell your story and to share a bit about your new ownership of Scream Agency. Could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Cheryl. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me today. And yes, we have not met face to face, but I believe you've got to spend some time with my son, Xander. So that's really fun. Um, Yeah, I'm Melanie Davidson. I am a long time seasoned marketer. I love digital marketing. I love working with clients. I'm the new owner of Scream Agency. We're a B Corp female owned agency um, that specializes in, you know, brand strategies, storytelling, creative, PR, digital marketing. We're really a full service agency on the marketing side. Um, Like I said, I have a long history in consumer-based marketing, um, optimizing the customer experience, driving performance and ROI. I am also an impact investor and a political advocate. Right. And over 20 years, actually, in the marketing space, right? That's right. Yes. Two decades is a long time and a lot has changed. Yes. A lot has changed for sure. Yep. I started in nonprofit space and then quickly went over to um, America Online. I was part of the them that gave the world the internet, good, bad, or indifferent, but it's a proud part of my career for sure. Yeah, and we've come a long way since America Online, for sure. Yes. So what would you say has been the most surprising evolution in marketing in the two decades that you've been doing this? (laughs) So a lot has changed. The one thing that has not, not changed and has never changed is that it's really consumers that are driving change and they're driving what they need from, you know, marketers and from products and from companies. And if companies can't respond to that, to your point about, you know, AMC not moving to streaming, like that's where companies fail. They can't, you know, they, they can't drive, listen to what their consumers, that's never changed. Consumers are the ones who's driving, who are driving change and they always have, and they always will, right? That's why we have the Ubers of the world, because that was the demand from the consumers that they needed a better way to travel to and from besides taxis. That's where Airbnb was invented because consumers were driving, you know, needing other options than expensive hotel rooms. And that we will continue to see over time. And if companies and marketers can't stay up with that, then that's where, you know, that's where things go awry. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that there's, there's no way to know where it's going to go, but we mm-hmm. do always have to anticipate and be ready to shift totally super fast. And, and listen, and listen. Yeah, and I think we're going to see changes continue to evolve in both those spaces. On the data side, particularly, you know, there's a lot about privacy mm-hmm. versus transparency right now. So we want to be completely transparent, but we also want to honor everybody's data and, and be, you know, keep it secure and be mindful of the data that we're collecting and how we're using that data. So I just think there's just going to be a lot of change in that space over the next decade. 
Um, so it's, it's definitely something that we have to stay attuned to as a web agency, because we're usually creating the systems that are collecting some of that data and mm -hmm. storing some of that data, you know, um, and not necessarily utilizing it like you are in the marketing space. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have teenage kids because that helps keep you sort of up to speed and looking over their shoulder and what you're, you know, what they're using, right? Anything that, that, you know, you get on that they're using, they get off of it immediately. Right. So then you have to kind of keep an eye on what's the next big platform that they're on and using. I probably couldn't even tell you and I should be able to um, as a marketer and as a digital marketer. But um, it's good to have that little local focus group. And here's a question for you that people might be asking. There's like you said, so many changes in the social space. Are all of them viable? Like, should every organization be looking at every platform or are there nuances there that you look for as a marketer to say, well, yeah, for your particular sector and the work that you're doing, that platform just isn't a viable marketing space? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's very um, easy for clients and people in particular to think they have to be everywhere, but it really, you really need to be where your audience is, right? And um, for example, I have some, you know, um, uh, let's say business service provider clients, and, you know, there's no reason for them to be on TikTok, even though they think about, should I be, no, your audience isn't there. You shouldn't waste your time or your money to be there, right? There are places where your target target audience is and that's where you want to go deep. Yeah, for us, because we're business to business, I think LinkedIn is mm -hmm. a space where we do a lot more content. Yep, we do sure. a lot of LinkedIn for our business, yep, our B2B clients, our consumer clients, you know, it just, it depends again on, on the um, demographic and the age group really that they're, that they're trying to target. Absolutely. I mean, I still find Facebook really good for certain clients that target like business type of groups. Like I have an accounting client and, you know, it's eat there, they, they, you know, Facebook performs really well for them where it may not perform so well for, you know, a, you know, a, a, a consumer based product, for example. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned that you were both a B Corp and an activist. Yes. And so now you're really aligning your, your business goals with your your personal life and your personal values. Mm -hmm. And so what has that been like for you? Because you said, you know, you're the new owner of Scream. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have the opportunity and ability to really shape that. And how is that taking form for you? Well, I, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, the, I, when I, as the new owner of Scream, the former owner may, you know, did all of the legwork to become a B Corp. So that was very attractive to me in the you know, in the negotiation and purchase process, right? Because it sort of value aligns with everything I do. Um, so I've been fortunate that she's been a great leader and in the B Corp world, a uh, great teacher um, and sort of has really, like I said, done all the, the legwork to get screen there. And so for me, it's a good opportunity to come in and sort of some of, you know, bring in some of, we were already values aligned, otherwise we wouldn't have been here, right? From a, from a purchase place. So. Um, it sort of felt like a very pretty natural transition. Um, and it's, but it's been very interesting to, you know, for me as, as a new owner is that so much of our, you know, our client base, our new opportunities come to us because we are B Corp and, you know, finding out that clients really want to work with you because you are, you know, walking the walk, not just talking the talk and sort of, you know, it's core to our mission and core to our values as well as talent, right? And it's, you know, it, it, it tracks a, a different talent pool as well. And that's what we look for when we're 
you know, when we're hiring and expanding our group is people that are values driven and mission aligned. And it, it feels like a very different place from, you know, big agency world and, you know, the corporate world which, in which I grew up. So it's, you know, why I got into, you know, political activism and, you know, impact investing was because of, you know, those values I have in, you know, corporate social responsibility and foods, you know, in the environment and foods, uh, stability and poverty alleviation and all of those things. So it's, it's so great to be able to combine your everyday work with sort of your values. Yeah, it really is. And I, I appreciate that when I'm able to use my values as I'm making decisions, because some of the decisions you have to make as business owners is, are very challenging decisions. And if I can just revert back to my core mm -hmm. um, and that, that North star for what, mm -hmm. you know, what my moral compass is that makes those decisions a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So Tell me more about sort of this purchase process of buying the business. Did you, have you been a business owner before or is this the first business that you've owned? This is the first business I've owned. I've been a business leader in, in the past, but this is the first business I've owned. And I have to say that um, the purchase process was really quite amazing. I think everybody involved was um, sort of dedicated to the mission, came to it with the place of grace, not that most business purchases aren't like that, but I think our team, which I think was really refreshing was um, our team was all women. I'm a female owner buying from purchasing from a female owner. Our brokers were all female. Our lawyer, my lawyer was female um, or is female, I should say. Uh, so it was refreshing. It was refreshing in a way because I think that we were able to know that, um, you know, we both wanted the same thing at the end and we wanted to get there in the end and some of the harder negotiation points or sticking points didn't come to battle or didn't come to a head because we knew that we were both on the same place and we wanted the same outcome at the end of the day. So it was just, it felt a little kinder and, a, you know, and, a, and a, nicer, a nicer process, even though it's my first and only, um, you know, I have been through as leaders of corporations, sort of as we've acquired other businesses and just how nasty and dirty and mean it can get. So just, I think we did a, um, a great job of just like, again, everybody had their eyes on the end, on the finish line. And, you know, we we're, were able to get there with grace and integrity and kindness and love and, you know, all of that, <laughs> all of that good stuff that sounds a little, you know, mushy, but at the end of the day, I think it's really important because we're all people too, right? And, you know, I know Laura, who's the woman I bought the business from, um, you know, cared about the employees and the clients and, you know, wanted someone that could come in with that same level of um, passion and integrity. And, you know, so I think we both had our eyes set on the end goal and it just made it for a, a fairly easy process. That's great to hear. I mean, yeah. that makes for a really wonderful transition um, and, and keeping the values the same throughout as, as you're transitioning the ownership. Yeah. So did you know kind of like earlier on in your career that you would eventually own a business, that that was something that you were looking to do one day? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've known for a long time that I would love to have my own business. I didn't love the idea of starting something from scratch. So I don't feel like I have, I mean, the capability, sure, but the appetite, probably not so much. Like I just um, didn't want to have to start from scratch. So when this opportunity came, um, came up, which my 
my younger brother brought to my attention. So there's a bit of a family story to that as well, but um, it just seemed like a perfect fit. And it just, you know, it all like, it all just, you know, you know the stars align and it, and it worked out and here we are. I love it when the stars align. <laughs> yeah. and, and like you, I'm not sure that I had the appetite to start my own business. Um, I acquired Cause Labs also after having been in the company itself for 10 years, I acquired yeah. it. Um, so I acquired it from within the company, which was an interesting sort of transition and shift as well. But I think that um, now that I've been an owner for a while, everything is a business opportunity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I look at things and I'm like, oh, I could turn that into a business. Oh, I wonder if that could roll into this existing business. Everything is just now like, business minded. I just have this, I don't know it. It was almost like a flip got a, a switch got flipped in my brain. And I realized that I could do this. And now I feel like I have the appetite potentially for, for starting other businesses or other endeavors. It's, it's really funny. Yeah. But that's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see if I have that appetite, appetite grows after a while, but I do hear what you're saying in terms of everything is is an opportunity, but, you know, I, I again, feel very fortunate that, um, you know, Laura, who I bought the business for built an amazing business already. So it was, you know, amazing clients. The team is great, super talented people. So there's nothing to fix per se. Right. right? Um, so what I can do is bring my skill set to the table. And the things that I have, you know, um, done in the past, like I have a strong appetite for, digital strategy, marketing strategy, bringing all of those capabilities in, like the work that they, you know, Scream has been delivering and continues to deliver is incredible. And, you know, it's built a name and a reputation for itself. So how fortunate am I to not have to build something from scratch and get to, you know, purchase something that's already an amazing business. Yeah. And for me, it hasn't been in the same sectors. Everything becomes a business opportunity, but it hasn't been related specifically to marketing or web or digital even. Like you and I, um, when we first chatted, we were taking a walk and I was walking around our ranch and now our ranch is a business opportunity and my gardening and crops and chickens are business. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just yeah. have this mindset for like, how does this become a business? How do I make this something more than just a hobby? Um, so it, it hasn't been it. specifically great. related to my existing business. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, so with your, your specific expertise that you're bringing to Scream, what would you say are some of the specialty projects that Scream works on? Is there a specific sector in which you work in or do you work broadly across all sectors? Well, we love all our clients and our sectors equally, but you know, some we have a little bit more passion for. Um, we do a lot of, you know, Scream does a lot of um, creative work. We have some great financial clients that are sort of Colorado-based, um, do a lot of non-for-profit work, uh, work with other B Corps. Um, I really love the outdoor space and the travel and tourism space. So that's that's an area that I would like to grow. I have experience in that in that sector. Um, and it's just, you know, who doesn't want to be outdoors and, you know, I'm passionate about travel. And so that's the sector that I would definitely, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, to bringing into Scream and helping grow. I feel like everybody that lives in Colorado loves the outdoors. <laughs> 
I mean, isn't that why y'all live there? Yeah, really it is. It's hard not to. I mean, even with the snow on the ground, it's just a year round playground, right? It's it's amazing. The air is clean. It's it's lovely. Um, You know, you start to move here and then all all of a sudden, you know, your cousin moves out here and then your sister and then your parent, like it just is a magnet for everyone else. And then no one ever leaves. Yeah. It's a wonderful place. We love to go there. We haven't ever moved there, but we go almost every (laughs) single year. And so what are, if you were willing to share, you haven't been in the business very long yet, um, but, but diving into it, have you gotten to personally like get your hands into any of the projects? Do you have any uh, stories to share about any of the projects that you've worked on that, you know, are live and not necessarily confidential yet? Yes. Um, no, I love the client work. So that's something that's super Um, I love working with different clients. I love, you know, obsessing over opportunities and problems that might might need to be solved and working with clients that have an appetite to think outside of the box and do big things. Um, We have, uh, I'm trying to see if I'm allowed to talk about any of these. I should know. Um, You know, we have, like, here's a good story. We have a um, a woman who called us recently, she is starting her own security company. I, that's all I'll leave it at. It's around, um, we were talking about, you know, privacy. And um, so her company is, um, her company is around digital security and privacy and, you know, taking back ownership of your own digital identity. And so she, you know, she sent out a little, um, bid for, you know, to ask for a meeting so that we could have a discussion with her. And immediately I'm like, oh, we don't have the appetite or the room where we can't really work with startups or entrepreneurs. And, you know, got on the phone with her immediately melted our hearts because, you know, she's a female in a male dominated industry. Like she's got a big brain, she's got big ideas. And so it was impossible to say no. So, um, it, that's still pretty new, but it's really been fun to work with her from, like she knows what she wants to do. And so we've been working with her to help develop her brand and her brand identity. Um, and so that's been an amazing fun project to do that, you know, on paper, we would probably would have passed on, but you know, it's for the personal and interhuman connection always comes into play. Hearing her story and what her values are and where she wants to go, it's impossible not to say no to her. And then, you know, now we have a new you know, opportunity to partner with uh, an amazing project that, you know, will grow over time. And those are the kinds of relationships and partnerships that, you know, agencies love to cultivate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, My co-owner, Michael, because my husband and I own our business together. That's amazing. he, He always tells the team, he was like, yes, we have, you know, minimums on our projects and we have standards for our projects and we have this criteria that we go through, but it's owner prerogative. Cheryl is going to come in and be like, I just love this project so much. We have to do this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like, and we just have to make it work. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And yes. um, that happened a couple of years ago, actually. Well, I guess three years ago now in 2019, towards the end of 2019, this project came in and there was no budget, like 
there was hardly anything there. And it was so far below what our minimum criteria is. Like they can't even fill out the website form because the website, you know, the projects start at $25,000. So it was one of those things where somebody sent it to me and I had a conversation, just like you said, and I just could not say no. I was like, even if I have to do this myself and nobody on my team works on this and I just do it as a volunteer thing, Exactly. <laughs> I want to make this happen. Yeah. And we said yes to that project. And lo and behold, 2020 hit and this, this platform already existed and they were able to continue serving their community and actually grew uh, their digital learning content during that time. And now they're reaching thousands of That's people great. in Africa. And I was just like, See, this was so aligned with my yes, values yeah, and what I yeah. care about and poverty alleviation and empowerment. And it's been one of those projects that I actually talk about a lot because it it wasn't the right fit on paper. Yeah. But, but then there's just something about some projects that you just can't say no to. Yes. Hundred percent. And I think going back to your question about the entire purchase process, I mean, there was a lot of that that happened too. That sort of I didn't quite articulate as well in the beginning. But you know, most purchases are just purely numbers based, purely like what are the financials, what is the EBITDA, and you know, not that those numbers weren't great, they were, but we were just focused on so much, you know, on again, sort of, um, is it the right fit for each other? Is she going to meet? You know, am I going to? Be the right fit for her clients does she feel comfortable you know she had lots of different offers from bigger agencies but it just again came down to who we are as people how we you know what our work ethic is and you know how we're going to continue to move things forward rather than it just being all on paper and financials so um it's interesting that you say that because there is a black and white part of financials but then there's always a story behind behind the numbers too. And I didn't think that until I became an owner. And now I understand, well, we were prepaid for this and there was this that happened and there's this that's not gonna be a recurring thing or there's this that got moved over here. Or this that was, and there's always a story there and you just have to understand your own numbers and be able to speak into them. Mm -hmm. And there's a story there, right? And so that project that I was just talking about Technically, that project was a loss, you know, it was in the red on our books, but, you know, there are other opportunities that have come from that because of the introductions and because of the stories and because of what we were able to do there, that it propelled our business forward in, in other ways, you know, and so it wasn't, it's not quite black and white. And um, I saw Andy Fastow, the one from Enron who actually went to prison, I saw mm. him speak recently. And he said, the same things that I was, you know, that I went to prison for were things that I had won awards for that year. That's interesting. And it's crazy, but the things that he was doing right as a CFO and with the financials and the things that they were being awarded for were also the same things that ended up being the things that he ended up going to prison for that were like unethical and so he's like, it's just this, there's this line that you're, <laughs> you're walking and there's this balance. And I'm like, well, I think you knew that maybe it was unethical. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's where the values come into correct. the decision-making that we do, you yeah. know? <laughs> correct. Totally. Yeah. 
And so the black and white, well, legally, it says I can do this <laughs> mm -hmm. or everybody does it so I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, it's really funny how nothing really seems ever that black and white, you know, even financials, even numbers, even when it's like, seems like it's straightforward. And so when people are like, well, your numbers don't show what I want to see. And I'm like, that's because you don't have the story behind the numbers. Why don't you have a conversation with me? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <clears throat> totally. Yeah. And I think to your, to your point, I think when, since we were kids, little kids out of the womb, we knew, you know, I'm not, you know, that technically okay to do, but it's not the right thing to do. Right. And so where in our lives do we diverge from that, you know, to end up with the Enrons and those, those stories of the world? Yeah. I think my little white lies started when I had children. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. Me too. I was like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to tell my kids that there's a Santa Claus. Like, I'm just not going to lie to them that way. And then of course, you know, you can't help it. <laughs> well, things like that. But I mean, um, my youngest daughter, for example, like she, we could not get her bathroom trained. We could not get her potty trained. And so I told her she was three years old. I told her, I said, I'm sorry, when we moved to Washington, they don't sell, they don't sell diapers there. <laughs> Yeah. Body trained really fast. Yes, exactly. Right. Because you knew they just needed that extra motivation. Like she just yes. needed a push. Yes. Uh -huh. No. Um, but you know, on the big things, definitely, like we we have that that grounding. And I, I love that we as B Corps are able to bring that into our business decisions because I do think there are some things where we're like, well, you know, technically speaking, our handbook doesn't say that we can't do that. Mm. But I think yeah. we know if we say, well, but do, do our, what do our values reflect? True. Do our values say that we yes. should do it that way? You know? And in some ways it's more, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't want to get too much on a soapbox, but like more inherent and just more natural, right? To live those values. So it's, you know, you attract, like you attract the clients that way, you attract your, your, you know, your team that way, you attract partners that way. And then you just, you know, I feel like it's not hard. It's not hard to do the right thing, right? But just inherent and, and natural. That's so true. It's not hard to do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit more about your experience and exposure to business ownership before you became a business owner. So um, I like, you know, I've had leadership roles. Um, I think there's certain aspects of, you know, I own a couple of different homes and have to manage those in a way. And to your point, like those are businesses in of, of itself. Um, you know, when as an impact investor taking on, you know, um, making investments into companies and you know as this is the impact early stage investor you don't just give your money and walk away right you have to not i'm not a business owner they are going to make their own decisions but at the same time like it's a it's you now have a vested interest and you want them to succeed not just financially but because you know you think that this is something that's going to be a value add to the world right so i feel like those you know those are nuanced examples but those are you know ownership in of its own right maybe you know like i said you're i'm an ownership over the investment and where that in hoping that that might you know hoping i'm making the right decision that that money is going to come 
back, but it's going into a business that I think is going to make a difference in the world. Yeah. And it just goes to show that we're exposed to a lot of different scenarios in our lives that, you know, open up this possibility and opportunity for us to succeed in business ownership, because we've, we've already got the lessons there from some of the other things that, that we've been doing potentially for a really long time. Yes. And I think let's face it, like motherhood is, is a business in and of its own self. Like we are raising these human beings to be value adding members of society. We don't want them to get hurt. We don't want them to met, like we want them to be successful and succeed. Right. So there's, you know, up to a certain degree. Right. But like, you know, as your motherhood, I think is, is an ownership in of itself. It really Parenthood, is. I should say. But Parenthood. Yeah, yeah yes. it, it really is. But interestingly, we don't have to get any certifications. We don't I have know, to crazy, right? <laughs> leave the hospital with this child. You're like, I don't even know how to bathe it. What are you talking about? Yeah. You don't have to get any training. You don't have to get a license. You don't have to get certifications. You don't have to get permits with the city. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just here, raise a human. Yes, yes. Just make sure your car seat's locked in, but otherwise you're free to go. <laughs> like, what? I need more time. Yeah. Um, it is funny. I, I You got to meet Xander, so I know you got to know his sense of humor, but I was we were at a pediatrician appointment for him. He's 15. Um, the doctor, he's got all his vaccinations and his boosters, and the doctor recommended that he gets another booster for a new variant. Um, and I was thinking he didn't have his third booster, but he did. And so, you know, he and I are getting into this little argument about whether or not he should get it. And I'm getting frustrated with him. And he just goes, my body, my choice. I thought, oh, you hard to argue with that. It's hard to argue with that. (laughs) Uh, When they get to a certain age, when, you know, they're starting to make their own decisions and stand their own ground and understand what they stand for. You know, it's hard, hard to argue. And it's kind of a proud moment for me. Um, Both of my girls are older now, they're 20 and 22. But when that started to happen, and now when I watch them as they make decisions and make their choices, I'm like, I'm just so proud to see that some of those conversations that we've had and some of the things that I've really stood for is, is reflected in some of the things that they're doing. And it makes me really proud. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my oldest is 17, a senior in high school and has just gone through, you know, she's worked really hard her whole high school career and um, has worked really hard to get into college. And she got into her number one choice and she got a little merit scholarship to go with it. And just she did that really, I mean, of course, with encouragement and support, but like that was her accomplishment and her goal. And it's really, yeah, it's really a proud moment to, you know, to see her you know, accomplish her goals and, you know, um, be proud of work she's done. And, you know, it's also very emotional knowing that she's going to not be home next year, but, you know, that's, as you know, (laughs) it comes with the territory, right? It does. Yeah. Well, congratulations to her and congratulations to you. That's great news. Great news. Thank you. So, in the things that you're working on, I mean, there's a lot going on. You're you're working towards, you know, a true owner, like long ownership of this business, and you, you're about to be an empty nester. It sounds like as well, and so there are a lot of shifts and changes that are going on right now. Um, what are the some some of the things that you're excited for as you're planning and strategizing for 2023, whether that be with your family or with the business? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, on the family side, like I am really excited for Sophie. You know, she, like I said, got into her number one school and she's worked really hard to get there. So it's really proud to see her, you know, flourish. And that's what you do, right? We raise them and offer them like to the universe and they have to go off and spread their wings. So that's very exciting. And that's coming up in 2023. From a business perspective, it's... Um, I mean, we just have like such great clients who do such good work. And I think we, of course I'm biased, but deliver amazing work. So I'm just sort of looking forward to continuing to grow that. We talked a little bit about expanding into the outdoor space and travel and tourism. And that's a passion area for me. So that, that gets me, you know, super jazzed up and excited. Um, and with that comes growth and we bring additional, you know, resources and talent to our organization and, um, so that's exciting as well. Um, yeah, and I'm just, yeah, there's just so much to look forward to. I think uh, it kind of feels like we're, I hate to even say it, but you know, we're, we really are getting into a post-pandemic you know, post world and being able to see each other and collaborate together and meet in person and smell humans. I remember the first time we had a event after, um, like the first real event after the, you know, after being on lockdown for so long, I just had forgotten how good people smell. Like it was just nice to smell people, you know, people's different perfumes and the aura that they present. I thought, oh, wow, like I've missed smelling people. It's like such a crazy thing to say, but you know, it's these things that you, you know, you don't notice are gone until they're gone and come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can plus one and attest. I mean, I've known Scream Agency for a while. Your team does amazing work. And so Thank plus you. one to that, definitely. <laughs> You're not great. biased. You really do amazing work. <laughs> I love um, it. Thank you. And, you know, I was at a conference recently and one of the speakers was saying, you know, we we connect with each other through shared experiences and we value shared experiences. And that's the one thing that is really great about coming together and going to conferences. But then the other thing she said, which was really interesting, and you were talking about smelling people. She said, you know, everybody in this room smells like, and it was whatever the hotel shampoo was. It was like mint and rosemary. right? <laughs> and she said, we all like each other right now because we all smell like mint and rosemary. <laughs> and she's, it's that, we have a shared experience instantly with somebody because we're all saying staying in the same conference hotel. I was like, yeah. that's really interesting. I never thought about that, but that's true. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's, that's great. And I have also, you know, I've gotten back into things and have been traveling again and going to conferences and that's been really fun to get back into it, especially as a, uh, an agency that is more connected with people and the the work that we're doing is more about the community that mm -hmm. we're creating. Um, it's great to actually see that community and be yes. present with them. Yeah. yeah. And so what are some of your favorite conferences? You know, if you're going back into the, as a B Corp, as an agency, what are some of the spaces you like to be in? Well, the B Champions Retreat is great, although I didn't go this year that was um, just this week correct yes yeah yes. we didn't make it either but it was on our list yes and that one is is a great conference just because there's a lot of obviously organizations that share the same kind of values and um, care about the same sorts of things um, and then the other kind of non-negotiable for me which you probably already know is opportunity collaboration um, a poverty alleviation conference that I go to almost every single year if I can make it happen um, that network and that community has 
it's, it's been good for our business, but it's also been just really good for me as a leader, um, exposure to the things that are happening in the world, the things that are possible in the world, the challenges that people are having, um, as well as the, the different kinds of leaders that are there and just the wisdom that they, they pour into that community. Um, it's, it's been something that has helped shape my perspective on how I approach business, I think. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, it is a great, that is a great one. Yeah. So how about you? Are there any others other than those two? Um, you know, so I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of asking around to see sort of where, the, you know, there's outdoor re- retailer, which is a big one for the outdoor space. Um, you know, um, the B Corp one you just mentioned was on our radar. We just couldn't pull the trigger on it this year. We just have so much work to do, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a lot of local stuff. Like we do our local B Corp, which is great as well, because you've got, you know, local businesses new, some are new to the B space, some are, you know, well-established in the B space. And it's a great community to bring people together across all industries. Um, yeah. So I kind of geared towards those as well. One good one that usually happens in Colorado that's in the B space is build um, mm-hmm. the build mountain West. Um, I think it's B leadership development or something like that is what build stands for. But um, yeah, that one is a really good conference. And I used to speak at that one as well as attend. So um, it brings together a lot of different bees, but not just bees. I think there are also organizations that, you know, certainly align with the values, but maybe aren't certified B Corps yet, but are in the best for Colorado mm-hmm. uh, sector or area, that list. Um, and so there's just a lot of uh, alignments in the things that we care about, but the topics that are discussed there are more about like dealing with your financials, dealing with strategy and innovation. And it's very like practical things that you can take away and bring back into your business. And so it's not just about, um, connecting with each other or networking for sales, which like some of the, some of the conferences are definitely very much like expos and trade shows. Right. Um, this one really is about how not just as leaders, we're bringing things back into our business, but if you bring your teams to that event, um, there's practical workshops for your team members too, to actually come back and do different exercises, uh, when they come back from the conference. So that's been a good one. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So are there other uh, women-owned agencies that you partner with currently or that you're like really wanting to partner with that you would like to give a shout out for today? Well, I would love to find a woman-owned agency that does web development. I would love to find a a female-owned agency that does that. (laughs) Yep. Um, It's something right now we we do a lot of... um, we'll do like the design and write the content, but don't actually do development work. And I don't want to do that in-house. Um, so I, yeah, looking for partners to help in that space as well. Well, we can certainly help with that. (laughs) We're going to have an offline conversation. And then we also have, you know, when we're at capacity, we also have other woman-led agencies that we partner with. So um, some that do more design than development, some that do more development than design. And so we kind of all kind of tap on each other when we're at capacity and it can work multiple ways. Like some of our clients have been working with us for a long time. And so we'll just plus up when we need to, Um, but others, you know, 
they may have just met us and we'll say, well, we really can't take this project on on your timeline. However, we've got this other partner and we'll just do the introduction um, and kind of pass it off to our partner agencies. So I think that's the reason I really wanted to start Women-Owned Agency too, is we have a lot of different specialties and there are a lot of women-owned agencies out there. Um, we can start to build this network and really um, support each other and the different things that we need. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Thank you for doing this work. It's great. Well, thank you for joining today, for sharing a little bit more about your story and a little bit more about Scream. And I can't wait to, to share this with everyone. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. And we'll definitely connect offline because I'm always looking for females to help with the development side. Awesome. Love it. Well, we'll talk more soon. Yes, great. Thank you so much. Thank you.